0: Out praise this morning. How many are glad they're in church? Well, oh, just coming back yesterday, we've been away on holiday. I, I managed to listen to a TED talk and it was all about body language. And it was talking about how your body language can affect your thinking, which ultimately affects your behavior. And it was talking about how you know just by adapting or adopting a power pose you can feel more confident and naturally that then uh, outworks in how things go in your world. R- right now, right at the start of, uh, before we, uh, we speak, uh, what I want us to do is adopt a posture where we're ready to receive the Word of God, a posture of faith. You know, in, in this TED Talk, I was talking about, you know, how you, if you just do this, it releases chemicals in your body, just chemicals in your body where you'll feel better about yourself, Come on, just by lifting your hands. How many know the Bible talks about lifting holy hands to God? Come on, that right there. The other pose was this. How about just do this pose to your neighbor right now? Just go, hey, I'm doing the power pose because I'm ready to receive something this morning. Come on, you're ready for it? Come on, how about lifting your hands again? Right, we are. Holy Spirit, we thank you, you're here today. We thank you, God, you want to speak into our lives. We thank you, Lord, that you want to open our eyes to something greater and more, Lord, than we can comprehend, Lord, with our natural mind. Lord, right now, we thank you that you're in this place. And, uh, Lord, you're wanting to do a mighty work. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Come on, let's give God a power hand clap. Right are power hand clap. Well, it's great to welcome in Pukekohe, Pastor Willem and Ruku's first service, leading that campus there, and uh, you know, we're excited what God's going to do out in the south-south of Auckland, in Jesus' name. How about quickly, wherever you are, high 10, the person beside you, and say, I'm glad I'm sitting next to you this morning, this is a God-ordained moment. In Jesus' name. Well, we're coming off the back of a series called Spirit-Led. How many have enjoyed this series, Spirit-Led? And it's about people activating and engaging their spirit in their everyday life. You know, we're to walk in the spirit. We're to live in the spirit. There's life in the spirit. There's freedom in the spirit. There's joy in the spirit. It's found in the spirit. Life is. And all God's promises are found by living in the Spirit. So I thought just in between series, we're going to start a new series next week, we'll call this Sunday a uh, Selah moment. Uh, how many of us have seen that word Sila? It's found in the Psalms. Often you have a passage and then it'll go Selah. And, and Sila simply means to pause and reflect. How, how many know life can get busy? And so often we can progress onto the next thing without really taking stock and comprehending what God's done in the last season of our life. And I believe it's so important that, that in life we have sila moments where we just pause, we, we reflect, we, we take in everything that God's doing around us. You know, this morning we're launching our 20th location in Timaru. Come on, that's exciting right there. Do you know, across equippers on a, on a Sunday around the world, there's, there's over 52 services happening, like the service we're happening, having today. How, how many reckon that's amazing? Can we give God a big clap of praise for what He's doing? Uh, just take a step back, pause, reflect. How is that all taking place? How's that all come about? That, that right across the world on a Sunday, any given Sunday, we've got over 50 services taking place where pe- uh, people are encountering God, uh, where people are encountering His grace, His love, His goodness, where, where people are being equipped to, to change their world. Man, man, that's a work of God. And, and that work of God has just happened from a group of people coming together and saying, hey, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. Uh, perhaps the, uh, God will work in us and He'll work through us to change the world around us. And, uh, and lately I've just been thinking of, about how God works in a person's life. And I've come up with, with just four statements and really they, they highlight a progression as to how God uh, manifests in our world, how, how heaven uh, invades earth. You know, as believers, that's our, our commission to bring heaven to earth. In fact, Jesus instructed us to pray. He said, your, your kingdom, pray, your kingdom would come. Your will be done on earth as it is in, come on, how, how many want heaven to come to earth? Come on, that's the role of the church. We are the gateway to heaven. We are the gateway. We, we bring heaven to earth. You know, on earth right now, there's a lot of pain. There's a lot of trauma. There's a lot of, a lot of people who are living in dire situations, and they need heaven. They need a live church, a church who believes that, 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 that heaven can, can change our reality here on earth. And, uh, you know, just thinking about that, you know, we've got to capture what heaven looks like. We've got to dream about heaven invading earth. You know, and, and, and I believe if we're to see God do anything in our lives, we, we need to learn to live in, in, in a dream world. You know, so many people say, oh, well, they're just living in a dream world. Well, you know, people even say, well, in your dreams. Well, it's correct, in your dreams. Because ultimately what you dream about will become your reality. And, and dreams do come true. And it's so important that as believers that we, we keep dreaming, and, and we dream dreams. We just don't think up dreams. We, we dream them. We get in the Spirit, and, and we hear what the Spirit of God is saying. In fact, all or, everything around us right now of what God's doing through Equipers has come as a result of somebody dreaming, somebody dreaming. Just, could that happen? Could we have plan a church in London? Could, could, could we see you know, a church established in Rome? Come on, could we we reach into the Philippines? You know, that that was once a dream, but now we're living in the reality of that. I I believe for our next season, it's so important that we don't stop dreaming. Come on, I'm glad for what we have today, but I want to challenge us as a church to keep on dreaming, to keep on reaching out, to keep on believing for more, to keep on stretching out in faith in Jesus' name. No, so often, you know, we're restricted because we just measure things according to what has been, what, what has been in the past. I was, I was reading a story just this week of a pastor. He was, he was about to engage in a building project. They got some land and they hired some contractors and, uh, to, to start building this church. And, and the pastor thought, well, I, I want to really be involved in this. But he wasn't that great with his hands. And so the contractors were trying to keep him away, but he wanted to get involved. He wanted to lead from the front. And, and so he asked, what could I do? What could I do? And they said, oh, it's all right. We've got this covered. So in other words, we don't want you involved in this. But he was so committed to getting involved. Eventually they gave in and said, well, here, what you can do is you can cut these four by twos. And, and you need to cut them uh, to, to eight feet, a length of eight feet. And uh, there was a whole lot that needed to be cut, and so there, there was over a hundred. And so he thought, "Well, uh, I'll, I'll make this happen." And uh, you know, while everyone went home, he stayed afterwards to to cut these these four by twos. And and he did it. He started cutting it, measured out eight feet with a tape measure, and cut the first one. But then after that, he didn't use the tape measure. He 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 got the the the, the piece of wood and. And he laid that, and he just started cutting again. And now, now this wouldn't be a big problem if he was only cutting one, uh, but he was cutting over a hundred. And, and so uh, by that time, as some of you have worked it out right now, is that that because he used the measure from the last piece of wood, that it changed by by one eighth every time. And so you know, a little increment over here soon at the end became. A, a big difference to, to, to what he was instructed to do. You know what happens? When we look at our past, when we look at what's gone before, we're not getting an accurate measure of God's assignment for our life. That's why it's so important as believers we go to the Bible. Because if we just look at past things, we use that as a measure. But God is wanting us to dream up heaven's thoughts, and, and let heaven's reality become our reality. I, I like Paul in Acts chapter, chapter 26, verse 19. He says, I was obedient. I wasn't disobedient to that vision from heaven. You know, in the end, you know, we can come up with visions. We can come up with dreams. And we can look at another person's life and, and, and almost get our, our dream from that. Uh, but the the challenge, I believe, in going forward is, have we got our, our vision from heaven? Yeah. Well done. Well done. You know, have we got that heavenly vision? You know, sometimes we can dream, but we can dream less than God's intention for our lives. Uh, we're, we're, we've got to really ask ourselves the question, well, well what does a church look like? According to Scripture. Not not what is, but, but what does it really look like? What's the role of a, a believer in the church? Because in a lot of places, you know, we look at how other churches function and we get a, our lead from that and we dream according to that. But, but I, I challenge to say in a lot of places, heaven's view of the church is different to our cultural view of the church. And and I believe in the Selah moment, we've just got to take a step back and say, "Well, how, how, you know, with what we've got, does it does that match up?" Come on, come on, as a church, we're going to keep on dreaming. See, we see a church of fully empowered people. People are equipped to change their world. Not just people who turn up on a Sunday and fill a seat, but for people who engage with God on a daily basis. Come on, you're called to change your world. How many believe that this morning? No, I need a little bit more response. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you're called to change your world. God's anointed you, He's commissioned you, and He wants to empower you to change your world. You know, so many people have dreams today, but they're not God's dream. And we need to get God's dream for our life. Because ultimately, our life, we can be successful in many things. But, but are we truly successful if it doesn't match God's plan and God's purpose for our life? See, we need to confront anything that, that, that's a compromise on heaven's reality. I love Jesus. He did that. When he walked into the temple, he saw a lot of money changes going on there, people trading stuff. And the Bible says he got a whip and he overturned some tables. You know, people say, man, that, that was a strong move played by Jesus. But but what he was doing was he, he was adjusting things because he understood what God's house should look like. He said, he said, my, my father's house should be a house of prayer for all nations. But what you've done is you've turned it into a den of thieves. And, and I believe it's so important that, that we confront anything that compromises on heaven's reality, heaven's picture for our life. Come on, we've got to keep on dreaming. We've got to keep on reaching out. I'm not satisfied until every believer is engaged in church life. Everybody's involved. Everybody's participating. Everybody's doing their share. Everybody's working for the advancement of the kingdom. Because ultimately, the Great Commission wasn't given to, to one or two, it's given to every believer. And we've got to have a dream that every believer would see their assignment is to make disciples and win souls to, for Jesus. How many believe that? Oh, I need a little bit more. <laughs> Come on, right now. Come on, that's our assignment. And we're not going to settle for what we have. We're going to go after what God has for us. How many often think, man, if I only knew what I knew now 10 years ago. Yeah, it's like, yeah, No, we're going to take what we know now. Yeah, we know some stuff now and we're going to keep on moving forward. Yeah, I love the spirit of our nation. it, It thinks outside the box. You know, when it comes to the America's Cup you know, the whole thing about the design of, of the, the boats that were designed with the, the cyclist. They, they said, what we did is, is we just threw a ball out there and we chased it. Wow. We just threw it as far as we could and we chased it. I, I really believe as a church in our next season, we're just gonna throw the ball as far as we can and we're just gonna go chase it. Come on, how many of you wanna live an adventurous life? Come on, don't get boring in your Christianity. Come on, we're just got to throw it out there in Jesus' name, throw it and chase it as far. Do you know, thinking today is, is, is so much around disrupting patterns because there's certain patterns that we think in that actually cause, cause us to live limited lives. You know, who would have thought that, that the largest taxi company on the face of the earth doesn't actually own a vehicle. I saw this on a meme this week. You know, the largest taxi, Uber, doesn't own one vehicle. You know, the largest accommodation provider on earth, Airbnb, you know, doesn't actually own any property. <laughs> Think about that. You know, it's like, oh, well, you need to be uh, own some property to provide accommodation. Well, do you? You know, that the largest media provider doesn't produce any of its own content. Facebook doesn't produce any of its own content. You know, it's like somebody went out there and said, I'm going to break the rules on this. And I really believe as a church, we need to break some rules. Come on, uh, we, we, we can't be confined just to the status quo. We, we can't be limited by religion. Come on, we've got a dream. Come on, it's time to dream it up. Somebody say, dream it up. Dream it up. You know, as a church at the start of the year, we said, we're, we're going to be a church that, 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 that can't be ignored. You know, we're not, we're not going to be this, this group of people on the edge of society. No, we're going to be loud about Jesus. We're not going to be ashamed of the gospel of His name, because it's the power of God unto salvation. Come on, we're not going to keep quiet about this. We want to be a church that can't be ignored. We want to be a church that can't be stopped, and we want to be a church that that lives in a place where, where things are going on that can't be explained in Jesus' name. Come on, we need to be a people who carry a dream. Somebody say, dream it up. You've got to dream it up, but... You can't just stop at dreaming it up. Number two, the second thought is you've got to flesh it out. First, you've got to dream it up. But the second thing is you've got to flesh it out. You know, a big question is often asked in a lot of places is, well, does it work? Does this whole kingdom deal, living for Jesus, following Him, really work? People want to know that. You know, after. You know, 40 years of following Jesus, I want to declare it works. It works. This isn't just a theory. You know, this is not just a dream. So many people have dreams, but they're just theories. They're just things. They actually haven't put any substance to that dream. They haven't fleshed it out. I love the fact when God had a plan of salvation, he didn't just have a dream of salvation. He put flesh to that dream. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. When it comes to any dream that you have in your life, it's so important that you flesh it out, that you put substance to it. You know, Ecclesiastes chapter 5 verse three talks about a dream comes through much activity, and a fool's voice is known by its many words. Now I really believe in today's society, we've got a whole lot of people with a lot of words. A lot of words. You know, there's many people who are good talkers, but when it comes down to it, they're doing nothing. And they've got nothing to show for it. A lot of people got opinions on this. But, but they're not prepared to put anything behind those opinions. You know, I love the fact that when, when it comes to church, you know, this is one big experiment. It's like we've got this feeling from God this dream that, that we, we feel is from God, and we're saying, we're not just gonna leave it up there somewhere. We're actually where gonna test whether it's from God. And in fact, that's my, my journey as a believer at the age of 18, you know, gathered a few mates and we started praying on a Friday night. Just gathered together in a room, no music, no nothing, just started praying. And, and, and we're saying, well, if this God deal is real, we don't need any other stuff to encounter him. We just need to believe and, and just through that, you know, a lot of my friends, mates, you know, encountered God and, and in fact, you know, that that was the moment that radically changed your life. You uh, know, as I went on in ministry, you know, yeah, you, you get a few more things, you know, church grows and, and you can rely on stuff. Yeah, you know, today in many places you you can build a church if you got a good marketing strategy. You know you, you can you can grow a church because you got good lights and good music. I, I don't want to grow a church just because we have got good music. I like good music, thank you, Jesus. But I don't want to grow a church off that. And I felt the Holy Spirit some prompt me some years ago and say, "Hey, hey, Sam, I, I want you to go down to Toronga on a on a Thursday night." I just want you to take whoever's willing in a van and go down and see what will happen. You know, A bigger church like ours, we have, we have resources here. But I, but I felt the Holy Spirit say, Sam, I don't want you to take the resources you got. Because if it's God, it will work. If it's God, nothing's going to be able to stop it. And, and, you know, that's why we have a church in Tauranga right now. But it, it was from the thing of, I've got to test this out. See, so, so many of us have got theories in our head about how things should happen, but we've never tested them out. We've never given God an opportunity to prove Himself strong. See, the, the only way in a lot of places to test whether it's God, uh, whether it's legit or not, is, is to actually step out on it. You know, there's some things I've stepped out on, and I knew it was me, and it wasn't God. Uh, Come on, how many are with me there? It's like, you've got to know there's a difference between presumption and faith. But the only way to know the difference is to do something about it. Some of you go, oh, I'm wondering whether it's God or not. Well, God says, take a step, and you'll soon know whether it's me or not. Yeah, you've got to take a step of faith. And there's many people in this place that got dreams, they've got aspirations, but they're doing nothing with it. Come on, some of us need to make the inquiry. Uh, we need to pick up the phone and make the call. You know, we need to ask you know, for the single people. You, you may need to ask that person out. Well, if it's God, it will just happen. No, you need to do something with that. Come on, if it's God, yeah, you'll get a favorable response. But if not, hey, that door shuts. Let's just move on to that. <laughs> Come, on. Come on, that was Paul. You know, he failed to go to this place. The door was shut. He went, tried to go to another place, door shut. He went over here, door shut. But then he heard the Macedonian call. He got it in a dream. And God opened that door for a great work to be established. But the only way you know is, is by you doing something with it. And that as a church, we're not just going to have a dream. Come on, we're, we're going to dream it up, but we're going to flesh it out in Jesus' name. We're going to rely on the Holy Spirit. See, I like what Ron Habonky says. He, he says this, he says, The less Holy Spirit we have, the more cake and coffee we need to keep the church running. Uh, We live right now in a consumer culture Uh, that's, oh, well, what's the church doing for me? No, it's not about what the church is doing for you. It's about you taking that dream that God's placed in your heart and doing something with it to extend the kingdom of God. Come on, we need to shift. We need to change the game. Because many people come along to a church and they're looking for a church that meets their needs. I, I just want a church that meets my needs. Well, we're not going to be a church that meets your needs. We're here to equip people to change their world, to live with mission and purpose and a dream that's bigger than themselves. You know, in fact, one TED Talk, I, 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 I was watching, I was talking about how, how chasing meaning is better for your health than avoiding discomfort. I'll say that again. How many want to live a healthy life? Come on, how many want to be around for a long time? Not many. Okay. Come on, how many want to be around for a long time? Okay. Yeah. Chasing meaning is better for your health than avoiding discomfort. Some of you are thinking, well, I don't want to risk it. You know, I could die. But, but chasing meaning, some of you, you're working nine to five, but you've got no meaning. And chasing meaning is better for your health than avoiding discomfort. Some of you, yeah, you got the paycheck, you got the money, you got the house, but you're still lacking meaning. And chasing meaning is better for your health. Chasing purpose is better for your health. Scientists would say this. The statistics, the the research out there would say is better for your health than avoiding discomfort. Come on, you're born for more. So number one, you need to dream it up. Number two, you need to flesh it out. Number three, you need to show it off. Show it off. I love what Psalm 34, one of my, my, my favorite psalms. In fact, you know, we're releasing an album in the next month. It was recorded live at Shout. And I, I love the music that comes out of this house. And we re-recorded an old favorite, I Will Extol the Lord, uh, which basically comes out of Psalm 34, uh, where it talks about, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. It goes on and says, I'll make my boast in the Lord. The humble will hear of it and they will be glad. Yeah, I like that. I will make my boast. Yeah, boast. But my boast is not in me, in my abilities, in my giftings. My boast is in the Lord, it's in God yeah in fact, Paul in Galatians chapter six verse 14 talks about how his boast, he doesn't boast in anything but the cross, but the cross. That, that's boast. And as believers, we're called to boast. But our boast is not in us. Our boast is in God, and it's in, in the cross. In fact, the Bible talks about how we're to be a light on a hill. A light on a hill stands out. Many of us don't want to stand out. But but God's commission to us is to be that light on a hill. And He says, hey, I want you to be a light on the hill. In Matthew 5, verse 16, if we can put that up, it talks about that your good deeds, uh, uh, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. You know, the world's got to see our good deeds. Some of us are trying to hide our good deeds. No, no, we we need them to see our good deeds. And as a result of seeing our good deeds, what are they going to do? They're not going to glorify you. They're going to glorify our Father in heaven. And, and as a church, it's so, so often, you know, it's like we dream it up, uh, we flesh it out, but then we play it down. We play, oh, we don't want anybody to know. But, but if something good is going on in your life, shout about it. Shout about it. Declare it. To, don't apologize. Come on, shout about it, but give glory to God. So, so often in our culture in New Zealand, we just we just play it down. But when you don't testify, here's the deal. When you don't testify about the good things that God's doing in your life, what you're doing is you're attributing all those good things to yourself. When you don't testify, you're saying, look what I've done. And I don't want to make, you know, I don't want to put myself on a pedestal. I, I don't want to be a show off. No, no. When you testify, you're testifying of God's goodness, of God's grace. Never be ashamed of the testimony of God. Come on, if you've got things working in your family, yeah, you know, lift it up. You know, don't be ashamed of it. You know, if things are coming together at work, if God's opening doors for you, you don't need to apologize for it. Can't, can't show it off, but testify to God. You know, not show it off and look at me, look at you. know. Look, at, No, God's been so good to me. I don't deserve this, but God's been so faithful as I've stepped out and I've trusted in Him. See, in our culture, you know, we, we, we play it down. Oh, just play it down. I really believe we've got to get good at talking it up. Yeah, you know, here's the thing. When it comes to showing it off, it's also, hey, we show off the good things, but we also don't hide our weakness. Because we're all frail. We all need God, and God's strength is made perfect in our weakness. You know, we, we don't hide our failings. We don't cover them up because of shame. You know, well, yeah, I've failed, I've messed up, but I've got a God who forgives, who restores, who redeems my life. I, I don't need to be ashamed of my failings. In fact, my failings are part of my testimony. And, and, and my failings and me finding God in my failings is, is sometimes the, the greatest ministry to help somebody else. Oh, that person's just like me. That person struggles with I, with what I struggle with. So, yeah, yeah, we want to show off the good things, but also we're not scared of showing off our weakness. we're not we're not scared of showing our, our failings because because we understand when it comes to the kingdom, vulnerability and opportunity go together. So many people want opportunity but they're not prepared to make themselves vulnerable. But vulnerability is actually a sign of strength in God. Being able to take off the mask and not pretend, and open you, it, it, it opens yourself up to the resources of heaven. You know, a true courage, definition of courage is being able to tell the story of who you are with your whole heart. This is me. That's courage, not hiding anything. Telling, telling the story of, of who you are with, with everything that you've got. No hiding. See, God wants to remove shame. You know, we should come into an environment not, not pretending like we've got it all together. We should come into an environment saying, God, I need you. And, and, and there we're showing off who God is. God's our ever-present help in our time of trouble. So what do we got to do? Number one, we've got to dream it up. Number two, we've got to, number three, we've got to, and number four, we've got to pass it on. It's not the first of the month, so don't give your neighbor a pinch and a punch. Uh, Acts chapter 20, verse 24, just a powerful verse got got me this week. I haven't got it in my notes, if they could put it up on screen, I might need to come down here. He goes, however, I consider my life, this is Paul, worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. How, how many want to finish the race? Come on, finish the race at the end. We can achieve a lot in life, but if we're not... If it's not God's assignment, we've missed the mark. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58, if we could put that, this up. This is Paul again talking. He says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Somebody say stand firm. stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work. Fully to the work of the Lord. Because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. How many know there's there's a lot of stuff in life that we can do that counts for nothing? It's just vain, vanity. Doesn't doesn't change anybody's lives. It's not gonna matter in eternity. Doesn't really count. Now we've really got to evaluate things because you know a sila moment is is about recalibrating your life. Uh, a small deviation here, you know, at, at, at inception ends up being a big separation over here. And that's why I found Sila moments so important because allow God to recalibrate my life to really see what's important and what's not. Because there's been times I've invested in things and I'm going, this really doesn't matter. It, it, re- it really doesn't matter. I believe God wants to bring focus to the church where we focus on on what matters in eternity. And when it comes down to it, what matters in eternity, the greatest treasure of heaven is people. Not money, not possessions, not holidays. It's it's people. And that's our ability to influence people. See, God's given that commission to you and I. And the question we're gonna ask ourselves is, ha, have we fully given ourselves to that work? Or, or we're, are we letting somebody else fulfill that role? Because in the Bible, I don't see that that commission was just given to one or two or three gifted people. I, I see it actually, it's given to, to every believer. And it's something that that each and every one of us are gonna have to come before God at a point in time and give an account for. What did you do with what I gave you? How, How did you use the resources you have, the giftings, the graces you have to actually impact somebody else, to make a difference in somebody else's life? See, 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 can somebody else access heaven through your life? See, see the good news of the kingdom, here's, here's the good news of the kingdom, according to Jesus. This is the gospel according to Jesus. The good news of the kingdom is the kingdom of God is at hand. What was he saying when he said that? What he was saying was the kingdom of God is accessible to ordinary everyday people. Now, you, you don't need a priest. You don't need to go through these rituals. You can access the kingdom of God. Here's the question is, can somebody in your life access God through your life? Because if not, we're in danger. Come on, some of us right now have shut up shop when it comes to being used by God. But I want to declare God wants to use you. He wants to anoint you. He wants to equip you. He wants to empower you. So in your everyday ordinary life, you see supernatural things take place. Come on, that's what life's about. There's nothing like having a shared experience of an encounter with God. Yeah, you know, I, I know we get shared experience through sports games. We get shared experiences through joining the gym and doing group exercises. Some of us get that. Uh, uh, we get shared experiences through dinner parties and different things. But there's nothing like having a shared experience of encountering God's love and knowing, and knowing that you've been set free together. That the same God who's moved in your life is the same God who's moving in your neighbor's life, in your friend's life. See, we're called as believers to pass it on. And my concern in a lot of places is as many people can sit in church year after year and be receivers of something. But never, they, they receive it with no intention of actually passing it on. I like what Paul says. He says, give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Come on, give yourself what? Oh, lights came on right there. That was a, a, a epiphany right there. Boom. Oh, they went off again. Yeah. Give yourself fully to the work of the Lord. Come on, how many want to see their dreams become a reality? Come on. How many got a dream in their heart right now? Come on, if you haven't, we'll pray for you. Because we need to live with a dream. We need to dream it up. You know, I love John. He says, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. Do you know when it comes to dreams? I've found that God doesn't, a God dream is not just about you. In fact, I was challenged. Daniel, Daniel Flynn, he spoke at a marketplace gathering a couple of weeks ago and he quoted, This quote, he said, if all your dreams came true, would it change the world or just your world? Would it change the world? If all your dreams came true, would it change the world or would it change your world? I love the fact when God speaks to a person, he's also speaking to a community. In fact, you look at all the epistles, they're written to churches, not individuals. In fact, a lot of of the Bible is written to groups of people. But so often, yeah, we, we go, oh, well, God wants to speak to me for me. No, He doesn't want to just speak to you for you. He wants to liberate you so you can change the lives of others. And it's about taking that and passing that on in Jesus' name. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, pass it on. So what do you got to do? If we could have the musicians up, we need to, number one, number one, we need to, come on, say it out loud. We need to dream it up. Come on, let's all say that together. Come on, we're going to be in unison right now, in in Pukekohe right now. Here we go. We need to pass it on. Where are you right now? Some of us, we just need to get into a space where we let our spirits soar. and We go, God, what are you wanting to do? Just dream. Meditate. Dream it up. Then we've got to take that dream. Some of us got that dream. God's spoken to us. we are known it. Some of us have held dreams for years, but we've never acted on it. I want to declare now's your time. Do something. Take one step. Just one step. Flesh it out. Make the call. Have the conversation. Do something. Do something with it. You've got to flesh it out. Some of us, yeah... We've seen God move, we've seen His faithfulness, but we've kept it to ourselves. We haven't declared the testimony of God. It's time to show it off. Come on, be a light on a hill. Be a light on a hill, testify to God's goodness, testify to God's grace. Some of us, we know we're only standing because of Him. Come on, how many here would testify that God's been good to them? Come on, right in this place. You know, His praise shall continually be in my mouth, not just in a one-off case. No, continually. Man, I'm thankful for what God's doing in my family. I'm thankful for what God's doing in my friend. I'm thankful for the relationships I have in my life. Man, I'm thankful for health. You know, I got diagnosed with an incurable disease. Now, I was thinking about this this week. It's Crohn's disease. And for those that don't know what Crohn's disease is, it's when your own body turns in on itself and attacks its own flesh. Attacks. You know, it's a picture, you know, of the church in a lot of places. You know, the body turning in on itself and attacking itself. I'm glad I've been healed of that in Jesus' name. You know, that could have killed me, that could have taken me out. But I think God wants to heal the church where where the church doesn't turn in on itself. And attack itself. Come on, God wants a church that looks out. Come on, that looks out and says, Hey, we can make a difference in Jesus' name. Come on, God wants to do something above and beyond. Gotta flesh it out. We've got to show it off. And we've got to pass it on. You're called to make a difference. Some of you are going, who, me? Yes, you. Couldn't be. <laughs> then who? <laughs> Come on, you, didn't, you may have stolen the cookie from the cookie jar. I don't know. You may have stolen a whole lot of cookies from the cookie jar. It doesn't matter. That's in the past. <laughs> and God's anointed you. His power wants to come upon you to make a difference. If you believe that, stand to your feet where we are in every location. Sila. Pause. Reflect. Some of us may need to recalibrate because we're dreaming too small. We're dreaming within the confines of what we know. Come on, God wants to take us out there. Come on, would you just open your heart, right? Assume a posture right now where you can let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Come on, don't distract the person next to you. Come wherever you are, Let heaven right now come. Now, what if every person went from this place knowing the touch of God, knowing a fresh touch from Him? Come on, it's the anointing. Not my words, it's the anointing that that breaks any yoke. It's the anointing that brings the change. It's the anointing that's... It's the Holy Spirit, and we believe in the Holy Spirit's power, that God sent the Holy Spirit so that we could live with a power that goes beyond our abilities. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, would you just open your mouth and just say, God, I I receive right now. Come on, I, I receive. Come on, I receive. Just say, I receive. Come on, wherever you are. Some of you needing wisdom for work. Some of you right now needing breakthrough in relationships. Some of you needing innovation, ideas. Come on, the Holy Spirit knows what you need. Knows not just what you need for the here and now, but even above and beyond. Come on, just reach out. Come on, let heaven right now invade your reality. Let the touch of heaven right now come We didn't come to church just to hear a motivational message. We came to church to encounter Jesus, to encounter Him, to encounter His love, His grace. We love Him.